our final storyteller of the evening is also an English professor, um, Heidi Bowman. Her job is teaching English at ISU. That's kind of a nice tie-in. She's a fan of books, cats, and her students. And she's proud of her 328-day streak on the language learning app Duolingo. Please join me in welcoming Heidi Bowman. You say yes, I say no. You say stop, and I say go, go, go. I was 37 when I said hello to teaching and goodbye to my job of 15 years at a small newspaper. That newspaper had gotten smaller over the years while I'd been there as positions were cut and people left and then their positions weren't refilled. Um, the paper covered three communities and we'd had three editors to cover each of the towns, but then one editor was cut, then another one the reporter, the proofreader, the typesetter, the receptionist, the ad designer. So we'd been down to the final five for a while and it kind of felt like we were on Survivor. We wondered who would be voted off next. Would it be me? I was an ad salesperson who also wrote stories since so much of the staff had been cut. Would it be my best friend, who was also in ad sales? Would it be the remaining editor? Would it be the sports guy? Would it be my boss, who had done so much to keep the paper going through all of the transitions and the downsizing? We all said, actually, that if he ever left, we'd be done. It'd be over. So. In June of 2015, we found out that the powers that be were doing some reconfiguring again, and they decided that my boss's responsibilities were gonna be given to a man who had been with the company for less than a year and worked in an office over two hours away. And my boss was going to take a job at another newspaper in the company. He had been at our paper for decades. So I know that I erupted when I heard the news, and I know that I typed out an email to the powers that be to tell them that this decision was a piss-poor one. I don't think I used those words exactly, but the sentiment was there, and that the paper was a family. Well, my email didn't work, the decision had been made, and all my outrage was for nothing. I was ready to walk out the door, and my husband and my coworkers had to talk me down. My coworkers were trying to see the bright side of things, and I remember one surreal moment where my friend was sitting at the desk across from me, and she said, it's gonna be okay. We'll keep the paper going, we'll work together. She pointed out that one of the perks of the job had been the freedom that we had to come and go, and she said, if management's two hours away, we'll have even more of that. And I just sat there stunned. And I am sure that the ISU jobs tab was already open on my computer, and the tears were not dry on my face. 
Later, we, the five of us, sat in my boss's office and discussed the situation. I think I was sitting on the floor, but I said, let's just all march out of here. And the editor looked at my boss and said, is that what you want? Do you want us to just all march out? And he just shook his head, silent, and my righteously indignant heart just couldn't believe any of it. So, so to make a long story short, I was done. Um, I couldn't handle all the changes that they'd made. I thought they were changes that had prioritized profit over people. Um, my coworkers and my boss were trying to figure out how to keep the paper going, and it's still going. But I decided that I was done, and it took a lot of time and therapy to understand that all of our decisions were the right ones. Um, besides, I was the one who'd had the glimmer of a dream of becoming a professor. I was the one who had earned a master's from 2008 to 2013 by taking a class at a time. And I was the one who had something to consider saying hello to. So thinking back, I wish that I had just gone with my heart right away because I knew that day when we got the news that I was done. But as usual, my head got in the way and thought, can you really leave this job? Can you really leave the security? So there was a few messy months where I was trying to figure out if I could stay part-time at the paper and teach part-time. Could I really let go of all of the best sales accounts? Could I really let go of my coworkers who I'd grown up alongside and I loved dearly? Could I really let go of this job where I made decent money and had four weeks of vacation? Well, yes, I could. I did. Even though looking back on it, I always imagine it was like running through a field getting shot at. I guess I'm really dramatic, but that's how it felt to me. Um, I love that job, and I, love, I loved and still love my coworkers in the paper, but I was ready to move on. So I got a job teaching English at ISU and at Lincoln College. I had two classes at ISU and three classes at Lincoln College, two at the Lincoln campus and one at the normal campus. And I went from a job where I was totally comfortable and I knew what I was doing uh, so you want to run an ad in the business directory, that'd be 1841 for four weeks minimum, or you could do a 10-week special, $70 a week, and one of the weeks is a half page, to suddenly standing in front of a classroom with my stomach in my feet, not having any idea what I was doing, with 23 18-year-olds' faces looking at me, or to be more honest, looking down at their phones. Um, but... I realized really quickly that I didn't like that feeling of being unprepared, so I started pouring a lot of energy into getting ready for my classes. My husband has come to dislike the words prep and plan um, strongly because I use them so often and I spend so much time doing it. But he's learned and I learned that what teachers do, what a, a lot of what teachers do actually happens outside of the classroom. So there were two phrases that I thought of a lot when I first was teaching. I would think, 
I'm flying by the seat of my pants. And then I would think, right before class started, I'd think, we're going live. <laughs> and I didn't tell my first classes of students that I'd never taught before because one of my new colleagues had said, if you're getting on an airplane, you don't want to hear the pilot announce that he's never flown a plane. So I didn't tell my classes until the last day of the semester. And that, when I look back, was actually one of the most beautiful days of my life. My 8 a.m. class at ISU, they all hugged me as they filed out. And uh, one of the cool things I get to do is name my English 101 sections after Beatles songs. Um, but at the time, my daughter was a huge One Direction fan. So that day, as I drove home, feeling blessed beyond belief, I blasted One Direction's album, Made in the AM, as I drove through the December sunshine. And at that time, I didn't even know if I would have classes the next semester. And in fact, I didn't get classes at ISU in spring 2016. But I just felt nothing but happy. Um, and that feeling of happiness has continued. I feel it regularly um, over the years. I guess I am a little bit more jaded now, four years in. Um, I kind of doubt the family emergencies that usually happen on Fridays. Um, I've seen my share of plagiarized papers. And... I also know that non-tenure track professors like me, we have a lot more classes and we make a lot less money, but still, um, four years in, I get to share my love of reading and writing with my students. I get to help students develop confidence in their writing. I get to help reluctant readers give novels a chance. I get to to tell students that their words matter and that they need to take care of their words so that their message gets across to the reader. And I get to tell students to never give up and to follow their hearts along their long and winding roads. I also get to trip up on my words and embarrass myself on a regular basis. But um, another thing I get to do is share positive quotes with my students. And one of my favorites is from a writer named Glennon Doyle, who says, be messy and complicated and afraid and show up anyways. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not quite finished. Um, so, so I often think, some, well, not often, but sometimes I think of my job back before college, before the newspaper, when I was still in high school. My first job was at Hardee's. I was a teenager, and I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to work on the front line because I thought I'd mess up people's money. I didn't want to work on the back line because I thought I'd mess up their food. I worked on the chicken station for a while, but then when that got too gross, I got my doctor to write me a note, and I got out of doing that. And I remember the manager there saying, Heidi, work means doing things you don't want to do. And I think about those words sometimes because now that I'm teaching, there isn't a lot that I do that feels like work according to that definition. I want to do what I'm doing. Now, I know that my colleagues and my family members who have heard me groan and moan about all the grading and the papers might be surprised to hear that. But if I can get to a place where I can concentrate on the grading, you know, and if I can move enough cats out of the way to get to the papers, I'm happy with what I do. Um, 
So looking back, I kind of wish that my path leaving the newspaper was easier, but I'm glad that I said goodbye to the newspaper because what I was really saying was hello to what my heart had been waiting to do all along. Thank you. you say